This is the TV Podcast, and I'm your host, David J. Lore, and I'm back again with Jess Epstein to talk about The Alienist. Hello, Jess. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We are getting into the meat of this show. That's right. We've passed the halfway point. This is mm-hmm. episode six, Ascension. So you want to lead off? Sure. Starts out with a dead horse on the street. Another, can't, beat a, can't beat a dead horse. Can't beat a dead horse. Another and another close-up on an eyeball. Which another eyeball. Nice eyeballs always. Mm-hmm. Never be without those. Um, and they come up with a plan. Well, they show a boy going up to the horse and just touching it. And it was just such a small little few seconds. And but it just shows, you know, the kind of, I don't know, the, the death is all around them. With curiosity. Yet there's, there's curiosity of children. And, and did you hear the father calling the boy at the end no. of that moment? No. He shouted, Laszlo! That's Oh, Kressler. that was Laszlo. Yeah. Oh. And it's the father yelling at him. Oh, which is all going to come out later in the episode. Mm -hmm. I didn't even catch that. It's Chekhov's dead horse. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so that that moment snaps us back to the present. That's great. And they come up with a plan to catch the killer on Ascension Day, the holy day, by having Stevie dress up as a boy whore and position himself they have had him the first time at, you know outside on the street right and that this would be a temptation to the murderer and he's not entirely thrilled about it but he understands why it has to be he understands that it's important yeah now i think what they did in the book was have i they i don't think they had stevie dress up I think they just had watching. Right. They were just watching. Right. To see where he would go. And they closed a bunch of them down except for two. Um, but putting Stevie on the street, I don't remember that because he only takes boys from these inside windows. Right. Where he, you know, he climbs up and he gets through the windows and that's part of his MO. So why would he take a kid off the sidewalk? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Because it's visual, that's what it is. It's another one of those TV adaptation kind of things. Mm -hmm. And they didn't think through why that wouldn't work. But the second time, well, they have it it to do it twice. The second time is inside. Right. Well, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, well, We'll we'll get to that that one. So they're, they're um, they're making a case. They have to make their case to TR. Now, in the book, T.R. was helping them. Right. He was on watch. He had his gun. He was, like, ready to go. Rah. Right. You know, in this one, he's, like, being little whiny bitch. Yeah. Like, well, oh, I don't know. And again, mm. it's it's an excuse for exposition. It's it's like, oh, we have to explain our plan, so let's explain it to the commissioner. Right, who's going to poo-poo it and finally yeah. agree. It's just it's ridiculous. Just dumb. Next is a cute little scene where Connor goes into a bar. Now, he's been removed from his position by TR in the previous episode for giving him the false information about um, Willem. Right. And the the bartender goes, that'll be a nickel. <laughs> and he's <laughs> and stunned. And just stunned. And he's like, you heard me. <laughs> a nickel. You're not a cop anymore. You don't get the special treatment. You're just a patty. You know? You're just an Irishman. And And he's horribly offended. 
Yep. Yep. And it, then there's an intervention with Willem. Mm-hmm. There's well, a lot of short scenes. One thing we should warn the listeners is yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's scene, 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 scene. It's a lot of fast little scenes. It's, and it's a different pacing. It's very choppy. I don't, I don't think it works. I don't think it works completely. Um, I liked the longer, yeah. fewer scenes, but a little bit longer. But I think well, we're getting, maybe they're running out of time to tell the story. They kind of are. And and especially in this one, there are a lot of scenes that they intercut between two different scenes and storylines. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for no reason. It's very odd. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, one thing that's interesting in this scene with the intervention with Willem and his mother, if you notice... It starts out looking out the window at the Statue of Liberty off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And as as she enters the frame, she slowly moves across and blocks Liberty. Mm. She gets in the way. Interesting. Yeah, that is a very... Oh, I didn't even notice that. Very clearly a director's choice. That's a nice touch. Wow. Uh, because that will... Both of those details will become important later. Very so, but yes, but there's... it seems that they are making a plan to send him to uh, Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires, and he's a spoiled boy. I don't want to go to Buenos Aires. You know, it's not forever. It won't be forever. You know, but they know that they need to get this kid, this grown little man, uh, with his penchant for these whore, you know, boy whores out of the country. And you're thinking, oh, the murderer is going to get away. Right. They have really been prepping this guy as the murderer. Right. Um, and then we get to a, a, a very sweet little scene. Um, again, there's some shots oh, from right. above. Right. And Joseph is in this little ice cream or deli or shop getting an egg cream, which I love. Egg <laughs> creams. That's a nice touch. It's, yeah, it's the sweet shop from before, no, too. He says there's no eggs or creams in it. I don't know why they call it <laughs> egg. It's the sweet shop. Yeah. And um, gives him one of those, and he has this talk with Joseph. You know that they're expecting the the killer, the the silver smile guy, to come back, and you must keep your window locked. Yes, you must keep your window locked, closed and locked. Um, and it's another frustrating thing where he says, "Well, what do you do?" He says, "Well, I'm an illustrator," and he says, "Well, what is that?" You know, I. I <laughs> draw pictures for people and the kid says that's dumb that's dumb <laughs> and i'm like yeah it is dumb <laughs> it's like the kid read the book um, the kid read the book i'm like that yeah. i wonder if that was a little easter egg for us <laughs> maybe they're listening i don't um, know that's well, dumb and and one thing that the joseph mentions is some people don't think some of the boys don't think this killer is human they think he's yeah, a spirit be. Some kind of spirit, you know, because he comes at night and he comes with the and uh, up, comes up through, through windows. the windows, the impossible yeah. windows, uh, which again just ties into the whole all the religious stuff that they're throwing in there, mm-hmm. which is an interesting, interesting touch. So they get out on their stakeout mm-hmm. and they're staked out watching Stevie on the street. Now, one one criticism I have of this whole episode, and maybe it's because I was watching it during the day. It was often so dark oh. that I couldn't figure out where the people were, where the action was. And it reminded me of that a little bit of my uh, taboo FX mm-hmm. often was so dark right, 
I right. couldn't see characters. I couldn't see lips moving. I didn't know where anybody was. It, when we get to these stakeouts, it's like that. It's, it's very that muddy. dark. And and I think I think they're shooting in the hopes that everybody has a high definition super TV that that has all the clarity and everything. But even even at night, I mean, I watched it with glare during the day. I watched it again at night just to see. It's mm-hmm. still too dark. It's still too dark even it's for a really good TV. It's too dark to follow the to follow the the characters. Yeah. And especially on some of the chases that come out. So they're watching and then you know they're 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 up on these buildings, they're watching, they have binoculars, Stevie has a signal. And then what's stupid is that, you know, John keeps lighting up cigarettes. Yeah, they keep saying stop stop with Sign- the light. Watch the light. Light the light. Watch the light cuz he's yeah. lighting up. And that's going to definitely, we know the killer is smart. We know the killer is watching them and maybe a tip off right? that people were up on the roofs and he keeps doing it. Does it like twice? <laughs> John, you're so dumb. He's a little nervous, um, but yeah, that's a little dumb. And is that the first time they have the stakeout? Yes. I believe they only capture a priest. Uh, he's, he's, uh, I don't think he's a priest, but he works to, uh, to preach to the children and try to convert them and save them. Mm-hmm. And he's got all these holy books. Uh, and it's partly because Stevie says, uh, leave me alone. I'm working for the police. And we note that there's somebody who overhears this and we assume it's Willem, but it's, it is the killer. And so now the killer knows that this, this boy is working for the police and he knows what he looks like which also will become important later. Mm-hmm. Scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they do I, it well. When was that overheard? I didn't even see it's, that. It's, a, again, a very quick scene, and because it's so dark, but it was a similar shot to the... I remember uh, the boy, and he's saying, go away. He's like, Stevie, is that you? And then Stevie goes, yeah, go away, go away. Right. Yeah, it's... It's a, it's a very quick shot that is that sort of looks like the shot of the killer overhearing them at the dinner that he invited them all to. Mm. So it's to to sort of mirror that moment and say, okay, here's our guy, and we are meant to assume that it's Willem. Mm. And by phrasing it that way, I may just have spoiled the end of the episode. <gasps> Oops. Sorry, everybody. It's okay. It's why it's called so we, the red we, herring. After they after they catch this non-entity just someone random they 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 don't catch the the killer and who they even think is the killer so laszlo's doubting himself you know Mm -hmm. maybe i don't know as much as i think i know laszlo is full of self-doubts yeah and he often is in the book as well uh which i think is very accurate you know he he's he he knows that he's right but he oftentimes um you know doubts his work doubts his vision goes to he went to his professor last week. You know, right. what am I doing wrong? Somebody advise me. Somebody help me. Um, he he has a lot of uh, self-doubts, which come out in this episode especially. Very much so. so Very much so. Well, and he, they had a nice little a nice scene thing. where there's these boys huddled in the gutter. Oh, yeah. Literally four yeah. boys sleep. Uh, it was brutal. It was very Dickensian. Just huddled in the rain, no protection, and he stops and looks at them. And, you know, he is a caring guy. He doesn't want children to live like this. Right. So transmute from the kid. Like they went from the kids in the gutter to this beautiful gala mm-hmm. that John goes to with his grandmother. It's it's an auction of some sort. 
It's a silent auction for the protection of children, or society for the protection of、uh, children, or something nice, like that. Nice again, a nice contrast. Very apt. <laughs>、um, and he is, you know, asking for lemonade and not champagne.、Mm-hmm. Interestingly, mm-hmm.、Uh, maybe there's some changes there. And they're going about and just having little small talk, and then quickly.、Um, He cuts back to Laszlo's house with Laszlo and Mary. Right, and she has cut her finger,、mm-hmm. and、um, he tries to help. With、um, you know, it's it's a very tender moment. It's also one of the weirdest pickup lines I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's okay. Saliva is a natural coagulant; it will stop the blood from flowing. And he licks his finger and. Rubs the、Touches. cut. Yeah. yeah, it's it's sexy but weird. Yes, which I mean that fits him. He's both that fits.、Uh, yeah, he is. He is a little strange. I mean, it's sexy but strange. Yeah.、Um, and there's a lot of energy in the scene between the two of them. Yeah.、Um, he wants to take care of her.、Um, you know,、and、he they they may have some attraction there. Well, as we've seen. Each, She is attracted to him. Well, yeah, they each know more about each other than they can admit to each other、mm-hmm. because of because of previous episodes.、Um, but yes, I, I, it's very clear that they're attracted.、Mm-hmm. And then cut back to the gala. So it's you know <laughs> gala saliva gala. It's a little disconcerting. <laughs> It, yeah, I there's think, no flow. I don't、there's、know why、no、they、flow. cut back and forth from that. Yeah. Back to the gala now. Teddy Roosevelt is there, and he he meets、um, Morgan. J. P. Morgan, played by Michael J- Ironside, who did a great little job. Yeah. And again, it's you know I hear your alienist is on the tail of a of one of the people who helped get you elected. One of the four hundred. You leave、mm-hmm. the four hundred alone. Four hundred people could fit in、uh, Mrs. Astor's ballroom. Right. So that's the four hundred.、Um, So yeah, he gets threatened.、Uh, it's kind of one of those smile threats, you know.、Mm-hmm. Photo- they're smiling for the photographs, but you know, meanwhile, saying things <laughs> like "Don't betray your own kind." You will, you will have no future. You will have no、yeah. job. We will run you out of this town. And of course, we know that's not going to happen. Sure, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Right. Right. It was a nice little scene,、uh, and it shows the pressure that TR is under from different directions. Right. So at the same time, he's allowing them to keep going on these investigations.、Um, he's getting tremendous pressure from the mayor and from you know society to stop the investigation. And he said,、uh, "There's seven dead children. You know, and there'll be dead children." He said he's going away. So, well, what about the children somewhere else? Right. It's okay to kill these children. Yeah, you're just you're you're not solving the problem. You're just giving it to another city. Obviously,、And、these guys didn't care about they that. They didn't care because society.、Mm. So then, is this where we have the typewriter scene yet, or have we have we skipped over Sarah asking Laszlo about his arm? No, we haven't. Oh, Sarah.、There. No, Sarah. Yes, I think we did、oh, skip over yeah, that. I, I was going to say because I think she's、up. questioning him during、oh, during the stakeout. During the stakeout,、that's、I、right. can't remember. Was it the first or second stakeout? I think it's the first one. 
because she has okay. to go and find out the information. Yeah. So during the first stakeout, she says to him, you know, what, what's basically, what's the deal with your arm? And, and why do you call yourself a cripple? He's, oh, it's a degenerative disease. He was born with it. He's never been able to use his arm. Mm-hmm. And she finds that a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. So jumping back to where we are in the plot, um, right. she has gone and f- done some research. And she she invites more over and says, uh, you know this detail about Laszlo? What, what do you know about his arm? He said, well, it was always like that. It was always, when, when we were in college, that's what it was. And he always said it was a degenerative disease. And she pulls out this newspaper clipping of a story about a prodigy, a child prodigy playing the piano and, and, and one of Bach's piano concertos. Uh-huh. And it's a young boy named Laszlo Chrysler. And it's a piano concerto that can only be played by two hands. How can that be? Exactly. How can that be? Yeah. So, and it, and I think this is also the scene with the typewriter, isn't it? Yeah, in the, the garden. Yeah, the typewriter um, is beautiful. He comes out of the gala. And, uh, he has a typewriter. She has some some statue or something. Um, and he talks about, you know, I. She talks about men can never be good at that. They don't have the dexterity in their fingers. Which is a little um, double entendre there. I think. Yeah, and maybe, and and well, she's that, she's um, still kind of flirting with him. Yeah, and that he he confesses that he's stopped drinking and he has the shakes to prove it. Yep. Um, and he said, "Why would Kreitzler lie?" And and for all of his life. Yeah. For all of his life, so it must be some secret, which mm-hmm. of course we know because of reading the book. Um, but yeah, it must be something big. So. Yeah. So as we move on. Um. So we have Roosevelt and Chrysler. Yeah, he says your actions have become conspicuous. Yes, people are noticing you, aliens. People are noticing you now, you know. But but Chrysler says that's not the man we're looking for. I and I told you Van Bergen was not the killer. Mm-hmm. And Roosevelt goes, "What? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're planning another stakeout. Mm-hmm. And we need your help. That's right. Um." So yeah, let's see. Um, oh, and oh, so Sarah has made we we cut back to more in Sarah, and she's deducing that it's something to do with Chrysler's father. Mm-hmm. And and I've been doing a lot of thinking, and and Moore's reaction is that is a lot of thinking because it's all guesswork, it's all deduction. It's interesting. She's Chryslering Chrysler. Exactly. Exactly. She he's the, he's the patient now. Which... She's she's probing him, and Sarah takes on a tremendous role in in the book. She she is relentless. Now she is you know he came to her. How do you deal with your father's death? And he's probing her. Now the tables have turned. He's got secrets to hide. He's not facing up to himself. And they have you know a confrontation, right? right. A little bit later. But one thing that's interesting is that Tr says you know what causes a man to do such things. And he says, those who are seen dancing are thought insane by those who cannot hear the music. Which is a beautiful way of phrasing it. You know, is this man insane? No, you know, he's as sane as you and I. Yeah, yeah. He's listening to different music. 
So they have to find out what this music is, what is sending someone to do these horrific crimes and cannibalism. Right. And now they're planning another stakeout because the first one was a bust. And of course, Chrysler has doubted his holy days theory because that was the Feast of the Ascension. But Sarah points out nine days after that is the Feast of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And that is also fairly large in the calendar. Mm-hmm. So they just they start to set up that stakeout for Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And Sarah has a better idea. Instead of putting him out on the street, let's put Stevie inside one of the brothels. Right. Which is really where he operates. Right. Right. And then everybody gets extremely distracted. So John is in there. Marcus is in there. I'm not sure where Cyrus is. He's, they may be he's on, on the, the building across the street. Yeah, they're on the roofs. Um, and as they're planning the stakeout, this was a nice cutaway where they see someone um, walking to- in the port area. And they see, that's Connor and some of his thugs, that it's Willem Van Bergen. Yes. And he takes off running. And he runs and runs, and he runs up a drawn-up bridge up to the top, always dramatic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he says, you can't touch me. I'm one of the 400. You're not going to do anything to me. Now, one of the best details in this, again, for all this show's faults, it it, it trusts its audience to pick up on these details. Van Bergen is afraid of heights. Mm -hmm. So if we're watching carefully... We can tell that he can't be the killer because he's not going to be climbing up the sides of buildings on pythons and doing rock climbing things because he's afraid of heights. So here we are on top of the bridge. You can't hurt me. I'm part of the 400. And Connor says, you're a dirty, filthy pederast. You don't deserve to live among civilized people and shoots him in the head. Shoots him. Bye. Yep. That was a shocker. (laughs) I was shocked. I was shocked. This whole, I have to confess, I was taken in by the red herring. Right. I right. was livid that they changed the whole murderer. <laughs> I said, how can they change the murderer? Right. right. This wasn't in the book. But it was really just to throw us <laughs> off the scent. And they for, for, for six episodes. Yeah, they did it very well. And they didn't just throw it in at the end. They built it up from episode one to episode right. six so that this, right. this was the guy. They had kids in his room. They had him talking to kids at the ice cream fountain. They had the silver smile, the threat, you know, saying to take people away. Right. Um, although some of that might have been conflated by the boys, mm-hmm. that there were these two. And obviously he was abusing or otherwise doing things with the boys, but he wasn't killing them and eating them. Right. It's never clear what his fascination with the boys was. Um, but obviously the mother wanted it done and gone, him out of there. Right. Um, and so I was just like, oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so Connor. I was. Yeah. Yeah. They, they eventually just throw him into the river, wrap him up. Yeah, and they throw him in they the river. wrap him up and just push him off the bridge. Now, the next scene is Sarah and Kreitzler, where she says she's pulling out the music. Right. And he says, oh, do you play piano? <laughs> and she says, no. Um <laughs> You know, do you are you familiar with this piece or something like that? I I heard you're quite a, quite a prodigy. He said, "Oh, you know, back in the day." <laughs> and then she says, "Well, wouldn't it be hard? Something like, wouldn't it be difficult to play it with the one hand?" And there's a and, pause. 
Yeah, there's some long pauses. Um, she confronts him. Yeah. And at the end, they're standing outside the coach, and he slaps her. Yeah. Well, because she says, you know, she asks, you know, why did you lie all your life? Why, you know, why do you insist that we are all honest with ourselves in front of you, and you are not honest with us? I don't think you have the courage to be honest. Right. And that's that's the when moment he, he slaps her. her. That was dramatic, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for a man to smack a woman back then is just unheard of. Oh, gosh, a civilized yeah. man. I mean, and she just stood there. Um, I don't remember that in the book either. They're really setting them up against each other. Right. Right. I don't know how she's going to recover from that to work with him. Certainly is a big, certainly is a big ending. Um. And then the last couple scenes are all of this very dramatic stakeout. And I was on the edge of my seat because I'm like, watch Stevie. Watch Stevie. Don't well, just talk to other people around you. I mean, I mean, more gets distracted keep, by Joseph. More gets distracted by Joseph. Another Mar- kid comes up, talks to Marcus. Mar- no one's watching. Yeah, Marcus so keeps... Stevie gives the sign. Right. Well, for, and, the man and first, says, I'll be back. Well, there's one, one, other, one of the other kids comes up to Stevie and kind of shows him some tricks. It's like, here, you know... You, this is mm-hmm. how you do the look. This is how mm-hmm. you do this. And then kind of looks at him and goes, you make an awful girl. Mm-hmm. And Stevie's like, yeah, I know. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then someone comes up to him. And we don't see the face. We don't see who it oh. is. It's all. Has this low, creepy voice. Right? And we actually, we see him from the back as he enters the brothel. And we get to follow his point of view. And he sees more off to one side. And he sees Marcus off to the side. And he just makes a beeline right for Stevie because he knows that Stevie works for the police. Mm-hmm. He knows that and from the, the whole, beginning. And then the whole thing becomes a setup. So, yeah. But the two of them are distracted. And Cyrus yeah. is out on the roof outside and can't so see. He, he goes to he goes to a room and says, wait for me here. He puts a door on the, you know, he puts a chair on the door. Right. Um. He's waiting in that room. They're watching from the roof. Um, the whole thing starts to kind of crumble. Um, and they don't know where does he go? Where does the killer go after Stevie's waiting in the room? Right. Well, he obviously went to the other building and beat the crap out of Cyrus. Well, when... And then went back and got Joseph from the open window. Well, I think... I think... I'm not I'm not sure if it's that he went to the other building first. It's that when they when they say why, you know, they find Cyrus on the other building and he's he's been attacked. Why would anyone attack Cyrus? And and more and, and crazily look across at the building and they see the room mm-hmm. where Stevie was. And then they turn to the left and they see the open window and they see the open window. And obviously Cyrus saw who it was and saw how he got in and out. Mm-hmm. So. So they go, aha, at which point. We cut to an eyeless boy lying mm. dead, and as it the pulls, of the Statue of Liberty pulls back and shows a kind of tacky CGI version of the Statue of Liberty. It was a weird angle; it was almost too ridiculous. But yes, the Statue of Liberty, and and that's your fade out. That's your that's your ending. That was a good ending. Yes, yes, and and the and the pacing I really enjoyed. Um, of of the stakeouts of the a little uh, 
it felt like it felt the right amount of increasing anxiety, increasing yes. pressure, in- momentum. Yes, that's exactly I right. I felt the episode had a nice momentum all the way to the end. Now, it what it started, I think they could have had slightly longer scenes in the beginning and not so choppy. Right. Well, it's like um, the... Just have a whole scene at the gala. Right. Have a whole scene in the garden. And then, you know, you know come back and have, you know, like the, the more scenes at the auction, the gala, the, the, the Roosevelt scene. That's okay. But they, they broke up the one scene a little yeah. too much. And then they broke up the scene with Moore and Sarah in between a little too mm-hmm. much. It was very odd. It didn't have to yeah. be like that. And but but yeah, the pacing of the stakeouts was great. The 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 tension and ratcheting up the tension in the second one oh, was yes. really nicely done. Yeah, it was really nicely done. It was really exciting. I mean, as a as a watcher, you know, you don't know what what's going to happen and it's it's you're kind of hoping that they catch, but you know it's only episode 6. So you know, right. not a lot can go on there. But all in all, I thought it was a really great episode. Um, it's definitely heading into a conclusion. Right. Uh, an energized conclusion. And there's a lot to unpack in the next four episodes. Yeah. And and I'm curious to see, now again, I'm curious to see if they actually follow the book and if it is the same killer or if they changed it again. Right? Because they could. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I definitely think just in terms of the story and just in terms of what they're doing, I think it has improved every episode since the mm-hmm. pilot. The pilot is mm-hmm. still maybe my least favorite episode. Hmm. Uh, I think one thing the book does is give them more time where they sit around and hypothesize, but that's not interesting right. television. Right. So I get that, but it'd be nice if they showed them back at the headquarters, writing stuff on the board reading a little bit more. Right. I mean, the whole thing, the whole book is just, you know, um, they'll sit around and throw out ideas and reject them and, and to do that all night long. Right. You know? Right. And that's, and there's one scene in, in the book at the very, very end where they bring TR up to the headquarters and they do all their Scooby-Doo analysis and he just keeps shouting that's great this is science (laughs) how i like to see it wow you know and he's very encouraging and writing things on the board and he's like this is amazing you know this is how true police work should be (laughs) i i hope they do that scene yeah that would be fun where he finally it's like the very very end of the book they they let him in on how they operate and he's very impressed I mean, they've they've done so much setting up with the fingerprints and the graphology and mm-hmm. all of these newfangled things. I really hope they do that. I hope that's so what filing. that's setting up. Because, that would be great. You know, because those are all the things we do today, right? Yeah, they, prof- they profile were, a killer. They were correct. Yeah. Um, well, whoever actually did them in the first place was correct, but in in the show, they're correct. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. So we're going on for next week. Looking forward to no- episode seven. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens. And see, now now it's a uh, clean slate. We have no idea where it's going. Nope. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you for joining me once again. My pleasure. And we'll see you all next time. I must follow this wherever it goes. Even if it leads me to the darkest pit of hell.